Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Presented by Seneca Resorts and Casinos. Nothing else comes close. Sabres are 500 on the road. That's where they will spend the bulk of the time in the next few weeks and coming off a loss to Boston last night on home ice that has uh, set them back one game under 500 overall. Dan Dunleavy is with us here on Sabres Live to give a uh, perspective from the, you know, what you saw from your vantage point last night, Dan, but uh, yeah. maybe maybe less about the game and more about the significant injury sustained by Tage and its impact moving forward. Yeah, that was, I think for all of us, um, I wasn't feeling great last night going in. This is personal, but I'll tell you why. It, it leads to the entire story. I wasn't having just a great night going into the game myself. I was a little bit, not under the weather, but just suddenly didn't feel great. And then as the game went on, and then Tage went out with the first knock, and you were just hoping... Uh, I remember talking to Rob between periods, thinking, you really hope that's... If you, I'm sure you guys have both had this where your knee buckles and it pops and you start freaking out thinking something terribly wrong has happened to it. And then all of a sudden you find that really 20 minutes later, you're walking around and everything's okay. So uh, before knowing exactly what had happened on play uh, and that there was actually a cut there, I was thinking, okay, let's, let's hope that's it. Yeah. And then you saw the block. Um, and with that, obviously missing the the very low gloves that a lot of the forwards wear. And you thought that's not going to be great. And I just thought, Oh boy. Uh, this thing, given the start on the score sheet and then Tage and just everything that was going on and what was supposed to be this great and uh, really feel good night, which it was for Kyle Pozo in many ways, just went down a slope that you you wanted to feel that the guys could climb their way back. And they certainly worked hard at trying to find that way back, but it, it just never happened. So, yeah, it was a night where kind of the air was sucked out of the building a little bit, Brian, I think. And you were really fighting hard just as the players were to to keep that, that hope and momentum up on your own end. And, um, you know, there were some bright lights as you guys talked about in, in intermissions and in post game yesterday that in the totality weren't enough to survive everything that happened yesterday. Uh, but hopefully a couple of lessons were learned that can get you through this next significant amount of time, whether it be four, six or however many weeks we're talking. Yeah. And it wasn't a, you know, you, you try to find some positive and sometimes, you know, individually. And now we ask people like, okay, so how do you, uh, try to replace stage Thompson's production in the lineup? Right. And that's a fill in the blank today. And, and it's hard. It's hard to come up with, with one guy. It's, it's the whole team has to be faster, quicker, make better plays with the puck. Um, sometimes when you're up top on the press box, 
um, you lose the, the speed of the game. You, you see more of the systems and the structure than the speed of the game, Dan. Yeah. Do you see the game slowing down for the Sabres right now, even from that vintage point? Uh, you talk to Razor, he's in the, you know, in between the benches. I'm sure he gets a better feel for the speed of the game, but you've sensed that the last couple of games, especially the pace has been way below what we've experienced before. That's an interesting point because even the vantage point where you guys are sitting out on set is a little bit lower and a different view of the game mm-hmm. coming at you on one end and then going away from you on another. But yes, from up top there, you're definitely seeing um, a, a different different feel or the pace of the game. So to answer your question, I've thought for some time here, and I don't know, I haven't had a chance to talk with uh, Coach Granato about this and how he views it. We've, we've had many discussions, as have you, uh, with him, but I have noticed... Uh, I don't want to say us the directness I know when they get the puck is intended, but I just think that there are moments for me when I'm watching that the the beginning of a play takes a little bit of time to develop. Yeah. Whereas I don't know if it was uh, completely every time last year that they had the puck because I'd have to rewind my mind to those moments, but it just seems that the way they want to play, at least in my mind, I'm thinking I'm up there. It's, let's get the foot on the throttle now let's not wait for and i understand line changes i understand waiting for guys to get into a position so you can initiate your game plan but yes from where i'm sitting i am noticing a little bit and i could be wrong in the noticing but it's you asked the question that the foot isn't on the pedal as quickly as i think maybe a lot of people are hoping for and when i say people it could be fans our our perspective our perspective of the game uh, as opposed to the coaching perspective, which is this is where we need Brian and Marty to be before you even start thinking of moving the puck out of your own zone. Well, I remember last year, Duffer, I used to tell you all the time when we showed the uh, the puck possession, and I'd say, look at the number in the defensive zone. It's almost like the Sabres want to slow the game down. And when they played fast and that number kind of got lower and lower, it was better that way. I find it that, Dan, what you're saying is, you know, to start the play, it takes a while. And at times, yeah. like, after the one nothing goal yesterday, I believe, or maybe it was 2 nothing by that point, but in the middle of the first period, Sabres got buzz in the offensive zone. They had gotten themselves going, um, but they couldn't sustain that because I felt like they slowed it down a little bit too much. Um, Ryan Johnson, uh, yeah. you know, obviously he's been, you know, a, a young up-and-comer that got called up. Maybe we see more call-ups. Um I felt like even last night he had some good looks in the offensive zone. Now it could be score adjusted and you know, mm-hmm. obviously it was five yeah. nothing. So but what do you see out of Ryan Johnson that gives you the the idea that maybe we see a little bit more of him? Uh, you know, maybe even playing with, with Dalene at times, if that's possible. Yeah. I've not taken a deep dive into stats as I'm sure you guys have to see exactly what's happening with his ice time and numbers and, and positioning and that. But what I noticed right away was when he gets the puck on his stick, he knows where he wants to have that puck go. He doesn't really hesitate on, uh, you know, finding the pass, finding his intended play, and then he puts, um, he's got some zip on it too. At least I noticed. Mm-hmm. You know, he he doesn't just kind of, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this over on the, you know, from right to left. I know he fires that thing tape to tape, and so to me, there's a confidence to his game that obviously comes from playing, you know, of a full tenure at, at school and, and coming out and being a little bit older and having a couple of years, um, you know, under his belt where again, he's just allowed to kind of mature into who he is. And then obviously find the pace at this level, um, experience a bit of the physicality at this level and the puck gets dumped behind you and the urgency, but I don't, I don't see the game for him being something that's intimidating him right now, which is great. Learning points will definitely be there for everybody. 
but I I've liked that. And the first thing I did see, as I mentioned, was just the way that he gets the puck. He knows where he wants to go with it and he puts it there, uh, which is really good. And his recovery as well. I mean, sometimes you see him, uh, which I know the Sabres have always wanted to do. Every team's doing it these days. D men are engaging deep in the offensive zone uh, and he's pretty quick to get back, which he should be obviously at this stage in his career for a young man. Marty, I would say the, um, the topic with Ryan Johnson or question right now would be all the way related back to the Tage Thompson injury, because you said with roster spots, it probably doesn't make sense to be carrying eight defensemen right now when you're needing help up front. So I think, I think Johnson could go down. Do they, you know, does Bryson go like, you know what I mean? Like, so I just think this is just yet another decision that has to likely play itself out here before they, can feel like they've found the best possible way to offset the loss of Thompson. Yeah. And uh, you know, maybe it's a few more games of uh, being able to evaluate Zach Benson and then see what the decision is with Benson. And maybe that allows you to keep Ryan Johnson a little longer. Um, But again, roster, uh, you know, flexibility uh, with three goalies is, is always hard, right? You look around the league teams, I've carried three goalies, but it makes things a little tougher. Um, can I, can I, can I ask yeah, a question? Go and, and mainly of Brian, because you've, you've watched a lot more Amherst hockey than I've had a chance to, um, aside from just highlights, but I'm sure you've talked about Kulik, but a lot of us wondering how he's playing down there. And obviously the points are there. Uh, it looks good when you look at the stat sheet, where's his game at as far as what you've seen in, you know, whether he's a guy at some point, a lot of fans are going to say, give him an opportunity, but where is he? Well, I don't think he is positionally where he would be if he came to Buffalo. And that is to say they've been using him as a center and I don't think he'll come to Buffalo as a centerman. So I think that complicates the, uh, the call up, if you will. I, I've, I've any number of guys that have been called up here, whether it was Byro and then Rusek. Um, and obviously they, you know, Benson before that who earned his spot and then Savoy who came in after the recall. Um, I have no problem with any of these guys coming in and playing on the wing on this team. I I think when healthy, you have more than capable enough depth at center, whether it's Thompson, Cousins, or Middlestat, that I would trust that these players would come up and have a chance to do well. I mean, we we talked about it last time Byron Rusek came up. It was like, wow, they're actually being put in positions where they're expected to contribute in a top nine role and not being buried on a fourth line for two minutes where people say, well, he didn't do much. Well, how do you expect him to do much? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, I think the only way that like, obviously Yuri's like, I, I bristle when people kind of offer these wide brush, uh, generic criticisms of young players. Um, and the ones that I have heard people mumble about Yuri Kulik, I've never seen the issues they're talking about in the games that I've watched them. I, I think he's just made this incredible progression. He's still one of the youngest guys in the American Hockey League. You know, like he's 19. It's, and I, I think he's, he's absolutely been great. He's, and I don't like using that word too often. He's had a couple of tough <laughs> ones lately because you can't score every game. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I just love the path he's on. But that being said, I felt like with all the roster changes the Sabres were going through, it didn't seem like the right time for me to bring 
Kulik or Rosean up. I was glad that they went with a 25-year-old Brandon Byro and a 23-year-old Lucas Rusek because you need to know how these guys are going to impact moving forward, if they can have an impact moving forward. Sorry, long-winded answer. So. No, I appreciate that. Uh, back to I, your yeah. show, Dan. Yeah, no, I, but I, honestly, it's a question we're all asked, right? You're walking around, you're you're in and around the community, and people are wondering uh, why are they calling Kulik up? And yes, positionally, obviously, that's going to be a situation we've seen um, players get moved with this coaching staff from wing to center, center to wing, and remarkably, things have worked out. So I think sometimes that can be a product of familiarity with other players, and also mm-hmm. just an understanding that. Yes, there are different responsibilities given the position. I understand that 100%. At the same time, if there is something that you're seeing and the coaching the coaching staff is seeing and then obviously your general manager is seeing in the play of Yuri Kulik and it's, as you say, if it's a continuing upward slope here and you need to find someone who's got that kind of confidence momentum right now, if it is, we're talking about trying to fill a gap and get some goals here, right? I mean, it's, is Victor Olsen going to step up and play like he did last night every single game? I think if he did, it's not problem completely solved. But if Victor Olsen starts coming in um, on looking for rebounds at the side of the net and kind of that unwatched guy, he's got the shot where you're not going to catch him. He's going to put it in the back of the net like he did last night. If Victor Olsen finds his way to the front of the net, um, you know, working on a one, two, three, forward system in there. And he's the guy that says, okay, I'll, I'll go into that kind of little bumper spot and get me the puck. I'll turn and, and take the shot. I mean, I think that's what people have been waiting for for a long time from him on a nightly basis. Uh, but to suggest that's going to continue happening going forward, uh, we, it's, it's a little bit of an unknown at this point in time. It's a hopeful for me anyway. Okay. Um, we got to go to break quickly, but I just want to know, um, does Alex Stuck fix a lot of the pace and go and speed that the Sabres have been lacking without him in the lineup? Yeah, I mean, I don't know what's ailing him. I haven't asked him, but whatever it is, if he gets it corrected, there's no doubt. I think he was just starting to kind of find it. He was t- mm-hmm. telling Rob and I the other day, he was just starting to find himself. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's no doubt. A lot of players, as you know, in the uh, Eastern Conference specifically, told us last year when we were starting to travel with this team that they didn't realize how fast Alex Tuck could be. Uh, and he was a bit more of a player that they were ready to handle. Uh, they're ready for him now. So let's see when Alex gets back, if he can bring that level again. We got to fly as well. Dan, thank you. We're back to wrap Sabres live after this. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.